God's beloved, we return to Deuteronomy chapter 6 this morning. We're still kind of on the last part of the Great Shema. I tend to understand the Great Shema as mainly verses 4 and 5 of chapter 6. The commentators, for the most part, seem to see it leading into these verses. So just for that as a reference, certainly very much connected to what we've heard. And so I'd like to begin uh, with verse 4, reading into verses 8 and 9, and then repeat verses 8 and 9, the the, uh, scriptures that are the theme of our sermon this morning. So again, Deuteronomy 6, 8, and 9 are the verses we'll be looking at together. I'll repeat them, but let's go ahead and begin at verse 4 to remember how they're connected and and how they build. I'd I'd even like to go back to the beginning of chapter 6, but then I feel like I'd want to go back to the beginning of chapter 5 and chapter 4. It's just just so much similarly related things. But I would remind you that uh, we are in the exposition of the Ten Commandments now by Moses. We went through the commands of God as summarized in the Ten Commands in chapter 5. And as you know, the way it is structured, uh, I'll spare you a lot of the history and details we've looked at before, but uh, the next part are the explanation of those Ten Commandments in great detail and application of them for life. And so that's what we're in right now, the explanation, the explanation and application, the expounding upon the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And so we start with the great Shema leading into verses 8 and 9. Hear now the word of the Lord. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And so the verses we look at together today are verses 8 and 9. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. May the Lord bless this, the reading, the preaching, the hearing, the believing, and the living of his holy word. Again, since verse 4 that we began our reading with today, the great Shema. We are to love God with everything in us as the main way of fulfilling the first commandment that is being expounded and applied in great detail now to us by Moses. The first commandment, no other gods before you. We should love the Lord with everything in us. Thus we should store all his commands in our heart, was the next part. Thus we should pour them into the hearts of our covenant children everywhere all the time. And what is coming off of those last verses is more about how to do that. How do we do that? We're told when we're sitting down, when we're walking, when we go to bed, when we rise up last week, we should be teaching our children. And we're given a little bit more detail with the way to go about that. God's commands should be always before us in practical ways, so we practice them always. I give that to you as the main idea of our text God's commands 
should be always before us in practical ways, so we practice them always. We have a sign on our bathroom door. The, many of you who might be here for Gabriel's birthday tomorrow, there's a sign on our, on our main bathroom door. And it's a reminder to everyone to please close the door uh, when we're done using the bathroom. Why? So that our two-year-old is not able to get in. We have a special, you know, child-proof knob on the door. So far, it still works. They eventually figure that on us, the little minions. But for now, uh, he can't get in with that yet. And, uh, but the problem is if we forget and we leave the door open... Oh, we have quite the mess of a masterpiece. I guess he's thinking of soap and water and toilet paper. And so we want to remember not to forget uh, as we're going about our business to see the signs. So we remember on the way out to go about our day that we want to keep the day without necessary incidents, unnecessary incidents, I should say. Most importantly, therefore, we have the Ten Commandments at the place of our entrance, if you come through, I know a lot of times you might come through the garage, you come through our entrance, the Ten Commandments, there's a placard on one side of the entrance to our home, and on the other side is Joshua twenty four fifteen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, uh, they went up after a sermon that's similar to this text back in Numbers, which I'll, I'll remind you later. That was, a, that was a way of trying to apply the text, and that might be a suggestion for you. We're going to be given ways to apply what we've been learning today, uh, learning the last few weeks, that we need to be practically putting God's word before us in practical ways to help us remember who we are, remember who is our God, and remember how God calls us to live. So the message for you this morning is this. Keep God's commands always before your eyes. Keep God's commands always before your eyes. We've seen they need to be stored in our heart, poured out into our children's heart, wherever we're going all the time teaching them. But we also need that helpful reminder. And of course, the eyes, the window to the soul. There's that application of how we're going to store God's word in our heart more, but also stir it up in our heart so that we live it out. Because particularly, we're still focusing on God's commands. Now, all of his word is for us but in particularly how God tells us to live. His commands is what we want to remember that we would do them. In one story, there's a man who is extremely intelligent, kind of show his childhood along with others. He's serving in this kind of special forces uh, military operative. Um, and uh, he, he's so intelligent that he actually kind of has a little trouble socializing, being patient with others because he's thinking, he's thinking, he's thinking, you know. And uh, so his mother gave him something to help him kind of snap himself out of getting ahead and being impatient with others and forgetting his surroundings as he's focusing so much on what he's trying to do. Uh, a rubber band, a rubber band on his wrist so that he'd snap it to help him kind of, you know, stay focused, not let himself get carried away in his ability to think ahead and think so much, but to be able to function with those with whom he has to work. And uh, you'll see him as an adult, often uh, brilliant, doing all these things, trying to work to save our country. Uh, but he's, you find him often when he's talking with people. <laughs> he's getting annoyed, snapping this wristband. <laughs> and that, that might be something of an idea of, of what we need to be thinking about, about how we work together and control our focus on the mission of serving Jesus Christ according to all that he's commanded. The idea here God gives is that of binding commands for a sign. 
something to help us remember something. That's what a sign is, right? A sign on our hands and his front lips between our eyes. These idea of something that might could be a visual cue, or at least we should be thinking about how to impact our vision so that we remember to keep his commands and keep them in our heart. I often put memo stickies on my laptop, and uh, as the stickiness wears off, then I'll tape them, <laughs> you know, and I have to rewrite sometimes as the ink wears away. Uh, there's a few verses I'm wanting to memorize better so that I can bring them to you more often as a benediction, for instance. And I've noticed I've got to go back and write them down. And I, I am working on them, and they help me remember to do it. Uh, God wants us to do his commands. They should be in our heart, and we need to do things to help us remember them and live them. Visual cues can be helpful. Uh, There's a lot of discussion about auditory learning, but also visual learning. People say, I'm a visual learner, and I would argue, well, we need to learn how to learn all the different ways if we're going to function in society. But there are aspects of visual cues are helpful. Frankly, that's why we all like a good story. That's why Jesus spoke in parables particularly, uh, to blind those who wouldn't understand, but help those who are his to understand. You know, we have those visual cues and things that help us remember. That we talked about last week, a way to be working with our children as we see the birds of the air, as we see the lilies of the field, as we see the rainbow. These visual cues to remind us of God's uh, promises, but also his commands. And so we're told about visual cues here today. In verse 8, this idea of uh, making a sign upon our hands and frontlets between our eyes. And then verse 9, the idea of writing his commands on the posts of our house. As we walk in, we'd see them there. Or of thy gates. Now remember, this is a people of God. And his laws are to be out there in public, everywhere, reminding the whole nation. And by the way, if we're going to claim to be a Christian nation, then we ought to see God's commands visual cues for us, especially in our courthouses, very right to keep the Ten Commandments there, which, again, this is what's very closely tied to. If we, the people, say only the Lord Jesus Christ is our God, then it makes a lot of sense that we would see God's commands in the marketplace and in the place of our government, reminding us who we are and thus to keep God's commands and live that way. Maybe if we did that more, starting with our own homes, reaching out into our communities, maybe if we did that more, we wouldn't have some of these wicked laws in our nation right now. And maybe we wouldn't have what I just learned about in California. They're starting a club for children in school, an after-school club, get this, to study about Satan. A club dedicated to Satan. Maybe that wouldn't happen. If we, the people, knew who we were as God's people and we were putting his commandments out there, so with that kind of nonsense comes, we have a reference point immediately. That's not who we are. That's not what we do in this land. May God let us get there again and more than where we've been before. Let it be in our constitution that Jesus is Lord of this nation. And so his commands only. Now, uh, these commands uh, in rabbinic Judaism were uh, lived out pretty literally. I think it's helpful to know about that just as a reference point. And if you go through some Jewish communities, you might recognize this or see this sometimes. Uh, They took the commands very literally. So they had phylacteries at worship. I think Jesus comments about a hypocritical use of that. But phylacteries would be leather bands around their arms and on their head that would have a box uh, attached to them that would be between the eyes uh, on the arms. They'd approach worship that way to be just really trying to live out literally the reminding of 
um, God's commands and particularly the Shema and these commands that follow. Similarly, there are mezuzahs on the doorways to houses of rabbinic uh, Jewish uh, folks and even in hotel rooms to this day. My understanding from the commentators are you can go to certain uh, Jewish hotels, I think probably particularly in Israel, and you'll see a mezuzah, which is a similar kind of a, a box, a thing holding the Ten Commands, especially these commands, uh, as you'd go in and out of the, of the room. Now, do we need to be doing these things quite so literally? I don't think that's the main point, although I think it's practical to find practical ways to do this, live it out. Uh, a really good example could be somebody that needs to really be careful what they're looking at on their computer could think about what they have on their desktop, a Bible verse related to guarding our eyes or a memo sticky on there, right? Uh, just as one example, you bring a verse, a particular command of God that relates to situations we need to be particularly remembering and print that verse and put it right there in front of you. I think what could be more between our eyes these days practically than our computer, <laughs> Right? Or, I guess even more, to my lament, our smartphones, although I'm falling victim to their use more and more. But, you know, you can have a daily verse pop up on your phone, I'm sure. There's a lot of ways you could have a Bible verse on your screen uh, as you open it, right there every day. Now, could we ignore all these things? Of course. I'm sorry to say there's probably plenty of times I've walked by that sign of the Ten Commandments uh, through my gates, and I haven't thought much about it. But, the, but that's not the problem of the sign. It's the problem of me paying attention to the signs that are there, there to help me, right? And there's other times where I do read it, and sometimes I particularly read it, and particularly a certain command. And it helps stop me in my tracks to read and think about it more. That's the idea. That's the practical way to go. But you should know that there is a, a rabbinic kind of literally living of these out. Let me share a few things with you from some commentators to help us get what is the main idea. John D. Courage says, These verses are figurative. They are to be constantly reminded of the foundation it provides for all of life. One is to see the Torah. One is to feel the Torah. The point of the statute is to show that no matter where one travels... To home or away from home, the Torah is central to one's life. So as we leave home and go about our business, especially in a land that is uh, claiming to be the Lord's land, we ought to see it everywhere and we ought to be committed to living it together everywhere. It's not a private religion, you see. It's not a private thing. It's God's way of life for his people. And it will be the way of life for one nation under God in the new heavens and the new earth. It'd be the only way that's tolerated by Christ the King. P.C. Craigie explains it this way. The commandments were to be the subject of conversation, both inside and outside the home. In summary, the commandments were to permeate every sphere of the life of man. Whether taken literally or metaphorically, the signs described in verses 8 to 9 indicate that the individual his home, and his community were to be distinguished in their character by obedience to the commandments as a response of love for God. J. Ritterboss explains that they are figurative again, and uh, that's the way to prefer understanding these commands. And he says this, one must constantly remind oneself of these commands. 
One must constantly remind themselves of these commands. I don't think it's a bad idea to have something, maybe a bracelet that reminds us of the Ten Commandments or what would Jesus do. I know that can seem a little silly, but actually, yeah, maybe not what would Jesus do so much as what does Jesus command us to do in this situation, you know? To remind us to think, you know, what did Jesus do, you know? Different reminders to us that we would remember who we are in Christ and to live for Christ. Uh, J.G. McConville writes, these commandments uh, have us that are telling us that we should make them, God's commandments, the fabric of life and conversation. Symbols of them are to be always before them. And the emphasis of what we're learning today, Paul House points out, is not only private, but public instruction and living. It's to be very public. Our faith is to be very public. We are to be living God's commands, after all, in public, and not just in our homes, but in our jobs. And in whatever place we find ourselves, whether it be a club, an exercise place, wherever we find ourselves shopping for groceries, these commands should be always before us. We should be living our lives as if those commands are following us with a teleprompter, like the president's half right to give a speech, or some kind of hologram that is always there before us, reminding us to keep God's commands always in front of us. If not literally, certainly figuratively, see all the world and your action with it through God's holy word, and particularly through his commands of how to live out your life in response to this world around you. So that the lives of you and your children will be blessed. I want to have you, we'll come back here, but turn with me to chapter 11, and you're going to see very similar verses. I always wonder how I'll preach them. When I get to them, they're so similar, but God always provides. Uh, chapter 11, verses 18 to the first part of 24. We're going to see the similar thoughts, but we're also going to see uh, why it's so important. For us and for our children. Chapter 11, verses 18 to the first part of 24. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, When thou liest down and when thou risest up, and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children in the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers to give them, as the days of heaven upon the earth. For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto them, unto him. Then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and ye shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. Turning back to chapter 6, I can't help but comment if we're concerned about Having sovereignty in our nation, that's the way to do it. Everything God commands is the way we should be living. Otherwise, he'll give our land to others. 
That's the way we should be demanding sovereignty in this nation and God's blessing on it and is living out his commands. And that will influence how others work, work with us from other lands by God's divine direction. Blessings come from God and we are not to forget that. And that's what's coming next in the verses that follow in our text. We are not to forget that all we have is from God and being a faithful people. Him, a faithful father, rewarding or disciplining as the case may need to be. But it's from God. It's not from ourselves. And we should never start to put ourselves on a pedestal. We should only be worshiping God, remember, and not make idols of our nation or of ourselves. Now, Numbers 15, verses 37 to 41, I'm not going to turn there with you. I'm going to give you a reminder about it. When we were preaching through Numbers, I gave you a sermon on Numbers 15, 37 to 41. It talked about putting fringes in the border of our garments. So you'll see still even some today, rabbinic Jews, they'll have fringes on the edges of their garments, especially, I think, like a shawl. And uh, we looked at that scripture and thought about its application for us now. And I'll, I'll remind you of the point of the text, the moves of the text, and the, the final uh, message for you. God wants his holy people to remember to live out his holy commandments so that their lives reflect who they are, living in him, their holy God. So he provides practical visual cues upon their persons. Have visual cues of what God says to do. What you do for God says a lot about you and how you are viewed. And so the point of that sermon, live on the edge and fringes of society. Now, when I had preached that sermon, uh, Rachel and I had gone to a Christian store because I was looking uh, for something to be able to put on my car again, uh, Ichthus Fish, but also uh, was interested to see if they had a sign of the Ten Commandments. They did. So my responding to that text and sermon is, is that's when I started to be getting more up on the walls, especially at the gates of my house. The Ten Commandments on one side, the sign from Joshua on the other. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Uh, the tie I'm wearing today, you might see some words on it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God at that day is the store as well. And don't we always need to be commanded to remember, don't worry. By the way, that's a command, not an option given to us. It's a command. And we'll be getting to that pretty soon as Paul talks about it in Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing. These are commands that sometimes just having these visual cues helps us to remember. Just like we're preparing for a test or or a job interview or something. And we often have things before us to help us remember. I even uh, usually have the strategy of laying out my jacket and certain things I don't want to forget, including my phone on my, on my bed, because I can tend to leave and forget my phone, and I need it for the webcast of this sermon, for instance. And I find the easiest way not to forget is throw it right there in front of me. And that's the idea. Have Bible verses on signs in your room. Have placards up that say things like rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It might be kind of fun to have rejoice in the Lord always on the inside of your room. I'm just thinking of this right now. I might, I might do this, but if you like it, go for it. And then as you come back in the room on the other side of your door frame, and again, I say rejoice. That might be a good way to do it. Or as you exit and leave your building, these reminders. Do you and I not need help remembering to rejoice in the Lord? 
through all things. So these visual cues can be helpful for us to remind us to live in the world that we are on the fringes of society. We're on the edge. We are in the world, but not of it. And more importantly, to remind ourselves to live like it for ourselves, with our families, as God's church. And as he might allow us to be more and more a true Christian nation, that it's mostly a reminder for us of how to live. It's less about showing others who we are with words. It's actually reminding us to show others who we are by God's words in terms of how we live them. That's the most important witness that we are. That includes forgiving, reconciling, all of these commands. John Curd writes this, Our main goal in life is to love God with all our hearts, no matter what our calling, no matter what our circumstances, no matter who we are, no matter where we live. You know, I have the blessing of being in a culture, as we talked about on Thanksgiving Day, where we're pretty safe. We're, pretty, we're able to live our lives without significant persecution, although it seems to me it's coming more and more. But there are a lot of people in a lot of places, God's people, where they have to remember how to live God's commands no matter what. And it might be even more helpful to have those visual cues no matter what, as they face real persecution, including perhaps their own lives. It's easy to forget, especially in fear, and in fear of man. We fear God only, and it helps us to remember his commands, and visually reminding us that we'd keep them in our hearts, store them in our heart, and live them out, pour them in the hearts of our children and in those that Lord would give us to disciple, and live them out. And how would people know we're Christians? Yeah, by our love, namely for God, thus seen in living his commandments. That's how we're the light of the world. That's how we're the salt of the earth. The living out of God's holy, life-giving word in this dark, deathly place called earth. Amongst the living dead walking. Until such time as the Lord should see fit to give them life, that they would walk with the Lord. We've seen these kinds of things said before about Marking these things, visual cues. Uh, Exodus 13, verses 6 to 10. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shalt be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee, neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters. And thou shalt show thy son in the day, saying... This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand and for a memorial between thine eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. I suppose related to it being bread, it's, you know, it's in the mouth. But this idea of a sign on your hand and between your eyes, you know, recognize there, obviously, it ultimately is figurative because it's not like they're putting this unleavened bread between their eyes or on their hands. It's to be eaten with their hands. It's to be a visual reminder to their eyes. And this is what God is saying. Now, beloved, therefore, we celebrate the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day. And uh, we do this so that you and I remember Jesus 
and that we remember Jesus with our children and we remember his covenant faithfulness to us and his command to us to go and sin no more. Regularly pray what you sang this morning. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt, thy found, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Now notice, what are you to bind upon, upon your hand and heart? Uh, mercy. Truth. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tables of your heart. Figure of things. Don't forget. Remind yourself of these things. Now notice, truth. So important that we do remember what is the truth or how easily are we deceived. But also let's not forget mercy because uh, remember in the Ten Commandments, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. We're actually needing to be reminded of God's mercy that we remember to be merciful. And if we don't have God's mercy in our heart, that will be seen in our unwillingness to obey Christ's command to be merciful just as we've been Uh, given mercy, to be forgiving, just as we've been forgiven. Write these things on our heart. The Lord's Supper should be that, of course, remember, to remind us to be forgiving because we've been forgiven much. Again, Proverbs 3, 3 to 4, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and men. That sounds a lot like our verses today. But those verses come right before verses 6 and 7 that we know very well. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. How are we going to remember to trust in God with all our heart as we're to love him with all our heart? How are we going to not lean on our understanding but his so that it goes well for us, he directing our paths? By not forsaking the binding of these things on our neck and on our heart. The visual cues before our eyes and on our hands and on our doorposts and on our gates. I'm thinking out loud again, elders, maybe we can consider, as I've seen in many churches, should there be some Bible verses on the way out, on the walls, over the doors, and on the way in? I say that's a pretty good idea. Maybe we can add that to the agenda. Something to think about. I appreciate that, walking out and remembering. Sometimes it's to remember to go and make disciples of all nations, for instance. But you know how easily do we forget right before we leave the doors, right? How easy is it to forget why we're here before we come in the doors as we're busy? And I mean, one of our challenges was today, a toddler decided to put ketchup all over his hair. We had to clean him up. And the, you know, it's funny how you can just get distracted and delayed by those things, and you can forget what you're doing coming here. And we have to remember so that we come and prepare our hearts properly and store them up properly and have, as it were, Jesus before our eyes and not ourselves. 
These visual cues are so helpful. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 to 24. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee from evil. Now notice, my son, listen to the commands of your father. Listen to the commands of your mother. Because they are the ones that are teaching you the commands. Those commands are not their own. They're the commands of God. Our Father, the Father of heavenly lights. But remember what we just saw last week. The parents are to be teaching their children all God's commands. Everywhere we are. Sitting, rising up, walking, going to bed. We're to be having those kinds of things before the Lord, uh, before our children. And then we call to them, remember the commands we taught you, which is to say, remember your father's God. Remember the commands of your father's God. Remember how we have raised you as a covenant child. As you go out to college, as you go out to work, as you go out and start your own families in life, bind them around your neck, bind them on your heart. Put them before your eyes. Don't forget who you are so that you don't forget to live for your God, the only true God, who has told you who he is in this great Shema. Proverbs 7, verses 2 to 4. Keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman. Have an intimate knowledge with these commandments as those who raise you up as little children. Notice that tying on the fingers in this case. You know, sometimes people have a habit. I've known some people who they don't want to forget something. They tie a little string around their finger. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever done that? Some people do that, like my little memo sticky notes. I literally sometimes will even stick it on my forehead because it's immediate. i got to remember, and I'll forget that easy. But, you know, you got a little string on your finger. It helps you remember not to forget to do something. That's the idea. Whether you do that literally or not, how can you, and I want to challenge you, how might you apply this in real ways, not legalistically, but in ways for you to love the Lord by remembering his commands and remembering to live them out, and particularly in areas that you need to love God better. How can you be putting his words, his commands before you, before you get to those places and at those places? Think about this. How much you need help to keep God's commands before your eyes. Think about how difficult it is, just because of our sin. But then think about this. The average person, how many advertisements do you think they are exposed to per day? Four to 10,000 advertisements you are exposed to every day. You start to look around, you'll notice the marketers understand how to keep things before your eyes, don't they? Whether it's the checkout line, whether it's the billboard while you're driving, they know how to keep what they want right before your eyes. And what are their commands for you? Do whatever you want. Have it your 
way. You deserve a break today. I'll just summarize most of the hamburger industry as you think about it, but, uh, which could often be, go ahead and be gluttonous. You know, remember the warnings in the scriptures about our bellies being our gods. There's four to 10,000 advertisements in front of your eyes every day and in your ears, and most of those messages are commanding you to sin against God's commands. So you can see the need to protect ourselves from forgetting and disobeying God's commands. You see, we need not only a road map, but we need markers along the road to remind us to look at it. We need signs. We need road signs in all of our life. They keep us going the correct way on our travels to correct to our correct destination. They help us remember the speed limits so we don't risk unnecessary stops and get in trouble or risk the lives of others riding with us. They help prevent sin and proactively love. Think about sports memorabilia. I have a whole bunch of sports memorabilia of one of my favorite teams. I've only bought one thing. Everything else I have, other people have got me over the years. Uh, but I have fun putting them up and using them when a game's on that I can watch. And uh, what do they do? They, they're rooting for those we're rooting to win. They're saying who we are as we identify ourselves with them. And uh, we say, especially in my house, you may not root for the other team. <laughs> that's not an option. Not under my house, you know, and that's what we're supposed to be doing really with God's word. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'll have stuff everywhere all the time saying who we are as we serve the winner, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's made us more than conquerors. And we remember to serve him doing all his commands as we've been told to disciple one another, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And he is God. The whole Bible is his command. And think about sports memorabilia when you're wearing a a t-shirt a lot of times or a sweater. Sometimes it actually says property of the particular sports team. Wow. (laughs) Well, uh, God has bought us. You know, we're under contract with him in the covenant of grace for life. It should be saying, and maybe we should think about making some t-shirts, come up with all the ideas. I hope somebody's writing them down for me. Um, Keep it before my eyes. But maybe we can get a shirt. It's property of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time we look at ourselves in a mirror or we look at one another wearing it, I am property of the Lord Jesus Christ, which reminds me that I will keep his precepts. He is my prince. He is the prince of peace. Jesus, who is the way, will keep us on the narrow way that leads to life by reminding us along the way to keep all his commandments, to love him in the keeping of his commandments, to remember what they are and to keep stirring them inside us and having them come out without us to stir them in our children and one another, to remember to live these things, how easily we forget. They must come from our heart and storing them there in love. They must remind us to keep storing them there by memorization as we keep remembering seeing them before our eyes. On our bodies. By the way, I am not arguing for tattoos, as some Christians will do with scriptures. By the way, there's a scripture to put before your eyes before you ever put your pen, the pen to your skin. There's a sermon on that in Leviticus. Tattoos are taboo. We're not talking about tattoos. We're talking about ways that we would remind ourselves practically while treating ourselves as the temple of God. That being said, 
They must come from the heart and storing them there in love. But to help us remember our first love and refresh our attitude and actions of love, keep God's commands always before your eyes. And again, that is the message for you this morning. I encourage you to think about how you can apply this in practical ways with visual cues in your own life that you feel comfortable with and you might feel compelled by God. Keep God's commands always before your eyes. And whether you might use a literal visual cue or not, you remember things like Psalm 101, and you guide your eyes. You have God's word in your memory, in your head, guiding your eyes, guiding your hands and how you live for him. Keep God's commands always before your eyes. Let us pray. Lord God, as we offer up our prayers to you, we pray that you would fill our eyes with your light and thus the whole body, that you would fill our eyes with your word and thus our hearts, and that you would stir us up into love and good works, reminding one another, provoking one another. Oh Lord, uh, sometimes just with what shirt we might be wearing, what sign might be in our office or our home, uh, in the workplace or elsewhere. Lord, uh, what do our doorposts have right now? What are the kinds of things that we have stuck to our bumpers on our car? What are the kinds of things that we have hung on our doorposts? Are they things that command us uh, about the world, or are they reminding us of your commands and our children? Lord, help us to joyfully think about practical ways to do this more and more, that it will help us remember. Help us to remember to read our Bibles to have our devotions, to pray, to sing. Perhaps a sign could go up in our homes of what we heard Wednesday night by one of our elders in prayer, uh, a visual cue, but first pray. How much do we need that reminder, O Lord, that we would seek your wisdom to respond rightly and that we would respond in not fretting but trusting you. How often do we need signs in our home that remind us to start our days being thankful and to rejoice and to choose happiness? Lord, help us to think about these visual cues and let them spur us on to love and good works. May they stir us up to talk about you more with one another and in practical ways, even catching ourselves often when we're not living your command at a moment to point together at a sign and say, let us remember God's command and let us catch ourselves and bring ourselves back together and pray and repent and recommit with God's grace and love. And indeed, let us have not only your truth, but your mercy tied around our neck as we think of Jesus Christ, who loved all your law and kept it perfectly on our behalf. And let us indeed remember that he does not condemn us and calls us to go and sin no more. Lord, bless us to keep your word always before our eyes, deeply within our heart that we would not sin against you, but we would live for you and love you and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and all your people said, Amen.